The following podcast is presented by Ensign Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Hi, thanks for listening, and welcome to another one of our Ensign Services podcasts. Um, I'm Ryan Rushton, and I'm here today with uh, Clayton Christensen. Uh, today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different than than we normally do on one of our podcasts, and really, it's the concept of EQ or emotional intelligence. Uh, Clay, maybe you can help us understand EQ a little bit better and get us kicked off. I can, but I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because it's so funny having these casual conversations where we're sitting here laughing and then... Bam, you flip a switch and we go right to this very formal, hi, folks. <laughs> I, it, okay. it, it, no, it is. It's a, all right. It's all right. So let me, let me give this a shot. Thank but, you. but again, remember, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> I was an accounting major, right? So this isn't by any means my area of expertise. This largely comes from a leadership book that's called Executive EQ. And, and the subtitle is Emotional Intelligence in Leadership and Organizations by, by Robert Cooper and, and Ayman Sawaf. Okay. So it's based on the idea that feelings and emotion have a powerful influence on reasoning and that we need to learn how to acknowledge feelings in decision making. Sort of, sort of the opposite of what people might have supposed, right? I mean, most people teach that you need to remove feelings from business. But EQ, which is, again, it's a play on IQ, but when I say EQ, I'm meaning emotional, emotional. intelligence and, and that, that strength and that ability. Basically, EQ is the ability to sense, understand, and effectively apply the power of emotions as a source of information and influence. Okay. Right? So it's one of, there's data, and then there's, there's emotions, and it's saying that emotion should be considered as, as a source of, of information and influence. So, okay. so EQ, that's emotional intelligence, um, you know, the play on the word IQ, mm -hmm. we, we get so hung up on IQ, how intelligent somebody is, yet we've learned that IQ may be related to as little as 4% of real-world success, wow. but there's the, a the very little correlation. EQ adds to that by taking into account what you've been through, mm -hmm. what makes you worth knowing and, and trusting. This, this ties a lot to our podcast on the speed of trust that we recently did, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you, if you think about it, and we sort of got into it in that podcast, think about a time you've wasted, uh, the, all the time that you've wasted protecting yourself from people you don't trust. Okay. Sort of avoiding problems you can't talk about. Faking this one especially. Faking acceptance of decisions with which you don't agree. Yeah, it just made me uncomfortable when you said that. <laughs> right? Like, okay, all right, yeah, if that's uh, what the group wants to do. And, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and remaining silent despite the sense that, that you're missing something or, or holding back your insights on, on current problems. Your EQ helps you to navigate through this world more successfully because you're, you're sort of trusting 
your your intuition okay. more. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Maybe you can help us a bit by walking through some of the ways that we can really develop a high emotional intelligence or high EQ. Yeah. So so the first thing that it talks about is emotional honesty and 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 this idea of how well do you really know yourself, but also how much do you let people know the real you versus how much of you is a facade? That's, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're talking about. It's a dangerous, uh, and I, you know, I remember uh, Terry Warner once talking about this where, where when he was very young, he was very into the theater. And he got to the point where he had to ask himself the question, do I love myself in the theater mm-hmm. or do I love what people see this this facade yeah. that I put up and it was a real it was a real question he had to ask himself huh. there there's a funny story in the in the book uh you know talking about knowing who you really are uh and it, and it's you know sort of more just symbolic but you know who Charlie Chaplin was right I, I am. so so Charlie Chaplin this is so funny to me once entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest <laughs> He came in third. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. There, there were that's two people story. somehow, I don't know how. That looked more like him. That looked more like him than he did, right? That's awesome. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, sort of a symbolic teaching. We spend a lot of time playing mind games or, or putting on the right face or the right spin on things or, or trying so hard to be politically correct. But emotional honesty is about paying attention to what what your intuition, what your heart says is true. Hmm. Uh, and it's interesting because, we, you know, you, you've heard Mary Spader talk a lot about uh, uh, heart math and right. and how they've discovered that the heart really does have its own brain. Right, right. And, you know, th- this is all new to me, but, but you know, this... this truth of the heart or this 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 emotional honesty this is different from what what we'll call cash register register honesty so so cash register honesty is this idea that okay i keep my hands out of the cash register so i'm honest right i'm not stealing right right i'm not i'm i follow the rules uh i admit my mistakes unless it's too painful or too costly to admit my mistakes. Okay. So in in that case, uh, so imagine yourself in a meeting and and you know your cash register on us, so you always tell the truth, right? Okay. But then somebody says something you really disagree with, and everybody else comes in and agrees with that, and cash register honesty says, I'm not going to speak up. But that's not emotional honesty. Okay. Right. I, I no. I'm, I'm, I see what the so, difference. So, there, you're, you're so you're creating. choosing harmony over truth in that case. It's, it's, um, you know, you 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 say, okay, I'm doing my best. You know, you you nod. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Somebody somebody is saying some things you disagree with. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. Well, I accept that. And 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 honestly, this is a huge sign of a dysfunctional cluster. Right. Right. We just right. we let things slide. We don't speak up when we get that kind of urging that prompting to speak up but your your eq doesn't believe it your eq tells you that more could be done your your gut is telling you something mm-hmm. with cash register honesty you say nothing because no rules are being broken someone with high eq pays attention to what they feel mm-hmm. so they speak up in those cases because they're listening to their intuition they ask questions. They offer support. They they hold themselves accountable for their own best effort at all times, and they hold others accountable to their best effort, not just, well, 
you're doing pretty good. So I'm, there's nothing for me to say. Okay. Okay. That, that's so really emotional honesty is, 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 is really about being true to what you really truly think and feel. Um, you, you speak up when you have a differing opinion, no matter how uncomfortable or how many people disagree, yeah. kind of what the situation is. You're, you're, you're being honest to what you're emotionally feeling. Yeah. I mean, think about it. How many times, and I, I am guilty in this. How, how often do you choose harmony over truth? Yeah. Right, we push down our own thoughts and feelings for the sake of the group. Mm-hmm. We've we've been conditioned to put on a good face. I mean, what's what's the commercial became famous for saying? Never let them see you sweat. Right, right? but but that attitude kills innovation. See. I think people really want direct, straightforward talk. They want clarity. They, they, they want us to have the guts to tell the truth, even if it hurts us, right? Or, or reveals our vulnerability. That the, there's a story in history of of the Bay of Pigs, and and some people listening may may have recalled this in, event in history, but. There were several leaders. Now, I can't remember the different players, but there were several leaders under JFK that it was ridiculous to invade the shores of Cuba. But everyone in the room seemed to agree. Like it seemed those that were most vocal were saying, no, it's a great idea. We can dethrone Castro. We can do this. And so the others didn't speak up. And when it when it failed, they kind of came back and interviewed these people. And they thought that, you know, they were saying very clearly, whether it was the director of the CIA or, or uh, defense secretary, I can't remember who played what role. But they said, yeah, everybody else seemed to agree. So I just didn't say anything. Uh. <laughs> but, but they had all of those same, you know, concerns. And it, 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 they ignored their intuition. And that led to a disaster. Gosh, and I wonder how many people in that room were ignoring their intuition. It sounds yeah. like the majority. So, so. Really, if I'm understanding, well, I don't even know correctly. if it was a majority. I mean, yeah. but there were enough <laughs> were that somebody... if they had spoken up, somebody else might have then said, "Well, I, yeah, that's that's an unintended consequence that I hadn't thought of either." And I guess that is the point, right? Is even if you're just that one person that you're you're being truthful. If to you're you. one group, yeah. one in a group of thirty, that's and enough. you disagree, have speak up the courage to speak up. So if I'm understanding correctly, you're really saying that intuition um, should be considered one of your reliable sources and something that you should be listening yeah, to when you're seeking out. One of your sources. Right. I mean, I'm not saying throw out data, right? I mean, and, and by the way, uh, you know, according to the book, so did Plato, Aristotle, St. Augustine, Thomas Hobbes. And again, don't get that confused with Calvin and Hobbes. It's a different, different one. <laughs> different Hobbes. Uh, I saw Carl, you looking over at Vanessa Carl when you said Jung, that. Carl Jung. I don't you probably didn't. Do you know who Calvin and Hobbes is? You do? Oh, okay, good. So, so they all believed that emotion spring from truth and and maybe we just don't understand how they got there meaning meaning when we feel an emotion when we feel an intuition that is coming from somewhere there maybe there's data in there that is feeding that intuition that we just don't understand you know how how it got there that I, I quote this guy all the time so one day i'm going to learn how to say his name but antoine de saint exupery he's the one that said if you want to build a ship don't don't give a bunch of people wood and whatever he says teach them to yearn for the vast and endless okay sea. okay so i quote him a lot in that but he also says this he said it is with the heart that one sees rightly what is essential is invisible to the eye hmm. So he's he's putting a heavy weight on intuition and the heart. And and there's really good evidence that your gut feeling is indispensable for insight and, and good judgment. Use data, yes, but but don't ignore intuition. Don't don't ignore your gut. John John Stuart Mill said this. He said the truths known by intuition are the original premises from which all others are inferred. It's a great statement. So yeah, so so 
you know, there's mm. there's a basis that kind of comes from in, intuition. Uh, the, there's the famous story of Galileo, and he was, you know, forced by Rome during the Inquisition of 1632 to renounce his principles. Right. And and so you know basically like a puppet he's saying I'm sorry about right. that but but in history he famously muttered this he said whether denied or ignored what we feel as the truth still moves us from within it does not go away hmm. and so basically you know saying we need to pay attention to that intuition I think I've always assumed that I should keep my emotions kind of out of business and and um yeah. but now really what Don't I'm hearing be is yeah. <laughs> it's business. Right. Yeah. I mean I've I've kind of had that reinforced throughout my career. Um but really what I'm hearing is that my emotional intelligence should be one of the sources that I look into and trust when I'm making my decision. Uh, like you said not all of them but certainly one of them and that makes sense yeah, so to me. So tell Tyler to stop telling you to uh, you know, re- I, remove your emotions. Thank you. I'm going to make him listen to yeah. this part of the That's podcast right. on loop. So really that, that does make sense to me after you know what what you've Already shared and and so talk to me about emotional energy. Uh, what what is it? Yeah, so uh, Peter Drucker, kind of a, a business guru, guru uh, said he said your first and foremost job as a leader is to take charge of your own energy and then to help orchestrate the energy of those around you. Okay, and it's you know it's kind of similar to what we read in in uh, extreme ownership how how belief shines through i was recently talking to some leaders and kind of making that point that hey people can tell the energy you're bringing to this right. project right. or and and uh but but surveys report that more than 50% of american workers listen to this they believe they could double their productivity I just had a shocked look on my face, but I didn't realize that's not going to translate well on the podcast. So, yeah, I mean, 50% of workers are saying, I could probably do twice as much as as I'm doing. Yet yet a lot of times they're saying, I'm doing the best I can, right? right? And honestly, I... That's I don't. Good. I don't know that I've ever done the best that I can. But <laughs> and 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 I I you know emotional energy is sort of that fire to get things done. Okay, so that's fine. But but how do you t- tell people to have more emotional energy? <laughs> hey hey, let's get fired up. Let's right, go. I mean, right. how do you how do you help how do you so, help that? So there's a lot of little things, and I don't honestly. I, just a caveat. I don't do any of these things that I'm about to mention that the book says, <laughs> except for the last one that okay. I want to focus on. Okay. And 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 I actually just saw like Vanessa doing doing one of them. So. So there's the like the the 10 to 60 second sort of strategic pauses where you briefly disengage hmm. from work every, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. Hmm. Uh, you know, that one's hard for me, especially like when I get into the zone, like right. I, I to disengage from work. I, I once I jump in, it's hard for me to jump out. I could picture that having you. light, frequent physical activity through the day. Vanessa, that's the one that I saw, you know, and I see people doing it all the time, yeah, walking, walking around, around the, the office. Yeah, and absolutely. Um, and and he, he says this as well, like, I don't do this, I eat big meals. He says, is eating five to six po- times per day, light, nutritious meals and snacks. Oh, see, and, I saw the five, to, uh, the, when I heard the five to six times per day, I'm like, that definitely sounds like something you do, but then the yeah, light part, no, and then I'm like, okay, that's not, and, and nutritious. No longer is it true. My, <laughs> my need to have fat and flavor. Uh, so, so all of those things are going to kind of keep you at a high energy. But the one that I like the most that I sort of wanted to make sure I put the most emphasis on yeah. is maybe... Making sure that you're having fun and using humor at work. And so, you do that. Well, I, I agree. You do that. We actually, we jump around a lot together. And I think it matters. I, I, I mean, I, I you know, we, we uh, here, here's an interesting quote. It's, it's, it's said that humor may be the most significant behavior of the human mind and can enhance workplace productivity. Hmm. So so don't be afraid of fun. Leaders with a high IQ tend to be really witty and fun and they... 
And, and this is something that is so important. Fun forms bonds that makes communication more seamless. When, when, when clusters do this and they do things together and they connect with each other outside of work, then picking up a phone and reaching out to each other is so much more seamless and easy because yeah. they've connected through that fun. And, and fun helps you bounce back from failures. And, and leaders with a sense of humor, they tend to be more relaxed in stressful situations, more flexible in their approaches. They're more open, more creative, more inclusive. And honestly, people that are fun tend to work harder. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with, with, with what you're saying there. I've, I've seen it firsthand myself. I, I also think back and I remember our fun theory contest that we yeah. did, trying to find more ways of, more fun ways of just getting things done. Um, so there's the other side of, of emotional energy too, not just the fun side, but what about anger, sadness, uh, or, or yeah. sort of the other, other emotions that people say you should be keeping up? Yeah. I mean, I'm not telling you to be an Eeyore, right. uh, Vanessa Eeyore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just making sure people know who this is, you know, thanks for noticing oh, me yeah, and no, walking I... around and being so, you know, somber. <laughs> so someone with a high EQ would tell you that every feeling is a signal meant to capture your attention. So so yeah, the, the the energy makes sense. Now now as we think of these what what you would maybe consider negative emotions, an emotion is supposed to move you. It's supposed to cause you to ask questions, to clarify things, or to take action or a stand. For so so anger shouldn't be ignored. Hmm. Right? It should be respected and acted upon but not act it out. Okay, so let's make okay, sure we understand yeah, that difference. Dive into that a little bit. Shouldn't yeah. be escalated into rage or hostility. So, so this is something that's interesting. I, I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the George Washingtons and uh, Abraham Lincoln's and others. And mm -hmm. George Washington was known for having a temper, hmm. but also it was he was known for having an ability to manage his emotional energy. So so Jefferson and Hamilton both noted that Washington's had lots of surges of anger, which were felt by others, but usually well controlled by Washington himself. Okay. And his occasional outbursts when he didn't, when he failed to control it, mm -hmm. came to a quick and definite end. Almost immediately, he would forgive himself <laughs> and others, apologize to those affected, and then take steps to heal any breach that had been made. So yeah. he was a man that was full of emotion. But by learning to manage them, we actually get in better touch with the reasons that are causing th those emotions. Okay. If we're ignoring the emotions, we're ignoring the reasons that are causing right. those emotions. That makes so, a ton of sense. So high EQ people don't ignore or bury the emotions. They manage them. So high emotional literacy is is the person uh, that that can kind of transcend those impulsive responses, uh, you know, and instead harness them. And that's the story I tell all the time of Viktor Frankl. It's the the uh, author of a, a Man's Search for Meaning. He lived in the through the concentration camps, mm -hmm. but he's the one that said, in between stimulus and response, mm -hmm. there is a space where we get to choose. Yeah. This is where our agency lies. This is where leadership lies. Things happen to us right. and we're going to respond a certain way, but you don't make me angry. I choose anger. <laughs> right. And and if anybody has the the ability to make that point, it's somebody who's wrongfully lived through a concentration camp. Yeah, that's I there's some uh, serious weight to that. Uh, uh, yeah. Opinion. But but here's the thing, very few leaders have developed this gift. And and my theory is 
because they feel like they're in a position of power, they almost feel like they don't have to. Hmm. Well, I can I can lash out at whoever I want because I have a title that is higher right. than yours. Right. Right. But leaders need to learn to develop this gift. When when they lose, when we, when they lash out, they lose so much of this power. Even if they do have the authority, even if they do have the title that maintains their authority, they right. lose the power if they're not able to kind of harness their their emotional intelligence. And and it's because, you know, anything that produces strong feelings of fear tends to kill ideas. So if I'm a leader that, mm-hmm. that tends to cause fear, I squash innovation. Yeah, I've seen that happen just throughout my career in different 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 areas and different because jobs. Of Tyler. Tyler you're right. listening, yeah. right? So so this this, you know, this includes fear of criticism, of ridicule or, or failure, of, you know, yelling bosses, of being fired. Over time this fear just undermines confidence and destroys loyalty and it, and it makes people feel unsafe. The environment becomes a suspicious environment. Yeah. Um, so, so again, what do we do? Three things, acknowledge and feel the emotion. Okay. Okay. Embrace the two, listen to the information or feedback that the emotion is giving you because it might, something that is angering you might be telling you something really important. And then three guide or channel that emotional energy into an appropriate or constructive response. Easier said than done, right? No, but, it, but for sure. And I, and I am definitely going to remember that clay the next time somebody cuts me off. Right. right. Um, on the freeway. <laughs> on the freeway. Correct. Yeah. Not not speaking because <laughs> that would never have happened. That's right. I don't do that. <laughs> That's actually my problem. <laughs> um, but really, what you're telling me is that um, it's actually preferred to have the capacity for anger. Um, Instead of just yeah. not having the ability to In fact, feel that anger. Yeah, look at it this way. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the anger, okay. you're probably tolerating things that, that you shouldn't. And and, mm-hmm. and and really, if you if you go even deeper, if you don't get angry, mm-hmm. you're likely to be a cynic. So you are just assuming some bad outcome, so this thing's not making you angry. Yeah, there's, there's when <laughs> when you sense. learn to get in touch with and 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 manage your emotions, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, which is so important uh, because unlike the mind, like your mind can lie to you, right? Mm-hmm. Your emotions, your feelings have a hard time lying, and so they're telling you truths that that you need to pay attention to. And and so when you train yourself to recognize your emotions, to tell you what you need to know, and, and then, you know, then you manage them, that, that's really how Nordstrom's is able to come up with their, you know, one-line handbook that I've quoted here before. Mm-hmm. Their one-line handbook, uh, it just says, use your best judgment. <laughs> so there's an acknowledgement of EQ in that. Right. right? I, I mean, there really is. The, the confusing part to, to me in this, I guess, is that I've always considered... Um, us is really a data-driven organization. And so good to great impresses me with the importance of using data to make decisions. And, and now you're saying maybe use your judgment instead of data. Is, it, yeah, is this debating that? I don't think this that? disagrees with that. Okay. I am data-driven. Those of you that have done your predictive index, I'm a high E, <laughs> which means I rely heavily on data more than I rely naturally on my intuition. That That's, that's what it's telling me. But if we only are looking at data... And we're not looking at all at our own intuition. Then, then what I'm saying is, I think we're making a big mistake. Okay, and I and I agree with that. Um, Feelings should be another almost set of data that you're adding into the that decision. Makes, that makes sense. So I, I I've heard you say a lot that relationships precede results. Yeah. 
heard what, of the last annual meeting, I, right? I did. Was, yeah. <laughs> what does a high EQ have to do with building strong relationships? So you, you know why most people quit their jobs. I mean, we learned this from the Gallup study. 70% quit because of their relationship with their direct supervisor. They, Such a startling. I, I mean, I've heard it a few times. It's still just it's a startling. Yeah, we we, we we get jobs. We, we, we join, you know, causes. We join companies, but we leave our bosses. Mm. We mm. leave our supervisors. Mm. We just, we can't handle it. And, and, and it's usually because they feel unappreciated. When leaders have a high EQ, they pay attention to their people. They believe in them. They value them. They include them. And and in turn, they feel more valued and more worthy based on these interactions with these high EQ leaders that they admire and respect. Hmm. And these relationships are basically the lifeblood of your organization, right? These relationships precede results. In fact, when it comes down to it, leadership isn't really a skill. It's a relationship. That's what leadership is, yeah, is it's a relationship, yeah. right? And high, and, and when leaders are insensitive to others, they, they tend to fail. In fact, studies have showed that the ability to extend empathy, meaning, you know, to understand other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. was the most pronounced difference between those who succeed and those who fail. I mean, I, I can really picture the importance, obviously, of, of what you just laid out. How do I use high EQ to develop those strong relationships? Yeah, so, you know, first as a leader, learn to ask questions and then listen. Become really good at leading through clear questions. Not not leading by command, but by questions. And in one-on-one meetings, focus on asking the right questions. Uh, you know, one of my first podcasts, uh, I th- you know, I think it's episode number two, talks about the importance of asking the right questions. And then listen. Learn to embrace kind of moments of silence. Ask a question. Don't be uncomfortable with the silence. Wait. Then listen, and, and then I tell people to employ what I call the second way. When somebody responds, mm-hmm. listen some more. <laughs> Give them like a that. chance to, to, to chime in and, and say a little bit more and, and uh, you know, make it – I'd say also, as you're asking these questions, don't ask what I call uh, uh, leading questions mm-hmm. where you're just trying to lead them to your way of thinking. Ask real questions. And then that can lead you to the second thing, which is making it really comfortable for your people to debate, Hmm. where they can speak up if they have a hunch or a worry or they have an idea. And and Mm -hmm. they they need to be able to share those without fear of, of punishment, right? High EQ leaders engage in real dialogue, really listening to people's answers. Uh, you know, being vulnerable in that dialogue, admitting that, admitting what you don't know, being willing to even hear hard things. Sometimes we don't want to hear hard things like uh, somebody coming and saying, well, this needs to change and that needs to change. Because for me, I just, all I'm hearing is more work, <laughs> right? more work right. for me. And so I want to, I want to just sort of push that off because I, that wasn't part of my plans mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but. You know, we we can't be denying or or ignoring these problems that we we hear. In fact, if if you've ever have you ever witnessed where a leader isn't good at this, what, whether or not they're aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not. People don't feel free to speak up. Conversation is stifled. Yeah. People don't feel safe, and and either the leader isn't aware or he doesn't care, and it undermines the entire operation. Right. These leaders sort of get their yes people, their allies mm-hmm. all around them. And, and eventually they just resort to secretive decision making with the people that are their yes people. Mm. Right. And so so there's no there's no disagreement. So what happens with the people 
that they're not communicating with. They start to feel uncomfortable around these people and, and something that's called avoidance occurs. Avoidance, avoidance is unacceptable. Um, in fact, studies have shown that employees hate avoidance more than they hate being punished. <laughs> that's that's right? a, another crazy stat. But, yeah, but, but it's but wow. it's true. I mean, think Makes about sense, why yeah. solitary confinement is is the ultimate punishment in prison, right, right. Vanessa? That's that's um, from <laughs> Vanessa's experience in prison. Yeah, I heard she had a rough rough run in it's, solitary it's, confinement. It's when you've done something really bad, they force avoidance on you, and everybody ignores you. Hmm. High EQ people are really good at. Uh, just simple things, looking people in the eyes, greeting them by name as they pass them. These small acts are validating and building. So it sounds like you're really saying that a high EQ individuals being very authentic and real, uh, as well as really truly trying to connect with the people around them and build those relationships. Yeah, I mean, again, remember we talked about emotional honesty at the beginning, and mm-hmm. and and also think about this: how how the first sign of a miserable job is is anonymity. If you look at Lencioni's book, Three Signs of a Miserable Job, people don't know the real you. And if I don't know what is real about you, Mm -hmm. something of your life story, what you care about, what you stand for, uh, you know, what you feel as well as what you know, then you don't actually exist for me beyond your name, title, and appearance. Hmm. Right. I just know the facade. And, And high EQ people are really good at overcoming that anonymity. And the way they do it is they don't hide their feelings, fears, or or angers. They can acknowledge them openly and express them with the same straightforward clarity that maybe they could tell you what the weather or time of day is. Yeah. It's just, this is what we feel. This is who we are. Yeah, that's that's awesome, Clay. This has been a really interesting podcast for me so far, uh, realizing that emotions aren't something I should run from in the business world, and uh, especially hearing anger is an emotion that it's okay and should be something you're feeling. And um, But but really, uh, I can see why high EQ is something that we should be looking for in leadership and trying to develop and, uh, and pursue. Yeah, so let's go get in touch with our emotions. Let's go. <laughs> so, Clay, thank you very much for your time chatting today. Thanks, Ryan.